Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Elkshade Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man, your host, Welcome to season five. Here we go. This podcast is brought to you by discipline, delayed gratification, and being accountable to yourself. This podcast is about finding the high road, working hard every day, creating the best possible version of yourself. Our values are faith, family, fitness, finances, elk hunting, and career. Our guiding principles are authenticity, transparency, and out hustling the competition. Our podcast is brought to you by Buck Knives, Onyx Hunt, Vortex Optics, Wilderness Athlete, Black Rifle Coffee Company, Crispy USA, Matthews Archery, Kufaru International, and BlackOvis.com. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast with me, Dan, the fitness man. What's happening? I'm in such a good mood today because I just realized September's weeks away. Like, the countdown's begun. I'm not going to lie, i got a lot of stress going on because there's a lot of things in the air. we got to talk about logistics, man. we got to plan all these hunts out. we got to do all the e-scouting. we got to show up in exceptional, tip-top shape. Our bow setup's got to be perfectly dialed. Our hunt plans, our e-scouting, everything's got to be perfect. There's no time to waste. There's no time to squander. I hope you're doing something every day in the name of better elk hunting. Today, we are sitting down and we're talking to Jim from Marsupial. You know, Marsupial gear is something that I came across about a year ago and my friend John Gabriel of the Elk Collective said, dude, you got to try these vinyl harnesses out. And I'm like, man, I'm good. I like what I got going on. Don't worry about it. Seriously. And he sent it anyways. It sat on the shelf for quite a while. Then I finally tried it 
and I have never taken it off since. That is the, the dopest setup I've ever had for a chest rig. I'm like, well, I might as well get Jim on here and figure out not only is this a fun to talk about gear, but to, to understand how he created a side hustle and turned it into what it is today. And it's going to continue to grow. And I want to inspire you all to do the same thing, to take something you're passionate about and maybe create a side hustle so that you're not chasing dollars, you're chasing time. I just want you to live the best life and to lead by example and to support your family and your elk hunting passion so that's why you tune into this channel right anyways let's get into a couple things real quick so number one i got a discount code for actual binoculars finally from vortex and i'm super stoked about it the discount code is elk 10 10 off your next glass purchase so use the discount code elk 10 it's going to get 10 off if you buy your glass from eurooptic.com and it's got to be a vortex product so what vortex product are you looking at when it comes to range finders they have kind of three classes i'm going to talk about the upper two Obviously, the 4000, this is a Razor version, is like super amazing. But I'll tell you what, the Viper is a tear down, and it's actually what I use. And I have both. But as a bow hunter, I'm using the Viper. It does so much, and the value is there. So look into that one. When you're talking glass, I like 10x42s for elk hunting, and I do like the UHDs. They make great Vipers. That's what Tim runs. Jake runs 12x50s. I like 10 by 42. I like the ultra high defs from Vortex. Those are razors. Check those out. Spotter, I'm an angle spotter guy. I like a 65 mil with an angle for eye relief. Last but not least, we are three months out, guys. Actually, less than that. And there's only one thing you should be doing right now to ensure that your success this fall, and that is tipping the scales in your favor. And what I mean by that is plan those camping trips with your family. Take your wife on several date nights a week. Get the nanny arrangements for when you leave in the fall. Make sure that when you check out to go hunting, all your ducks in a row and there's nothing distracting you and you're fully focused on the hunt. Now, Let's get down to business with Mr. Jim from Marsupial Gear. You guys are listening to the Elk Shape Podcast. Here we go. Jim Graham on the other line from Marsupial Gear. What is up? How's it going, Dan? It's nice to finally talk to you, man. Uh, we've we've met a few times, I think, but this is the first time on the podcast. So welcome. Thank you. Listeners, this guy is the one who started Marsupial Gear. We're going to learn a little bit about that story. I'm going to come at you at a different angle, Jim. Yeah. Nobody started this company and handed it over to you. This is like truly side hustle turned into full-time hustle. I want to unpack that a little bit and obviously talk hunting. You cool with that? Yeah, of course. When did you f like buy the name, buy the domain, like get the business license? When did that happen? We did all of that in early 2015, my wife and I did. And so it was one of those things where, I don't know, like you, I'm sure there's always something that you want to improve or change in your hunting equipment. And so it was just one of those things that kept bugging me for a long time that I wanted a bino pack to work differently. And so super supportive wife. And I was one of those things where I tried to make my own prototypes and all that. And I don't know, I had like this light bulb moment that I wanted to, to create a, a company called Marsupial Gear, play on words with the chest pack and a marsupial. Most people get the, the play on words, but a marsupial is an animal that has a chest pouch that they carry their young in. And so we're making chest packs, binocular packs. And so just playing off of that, you know, the kangaroo is a, the most recognizable marsupial. And so we got the domain, set up the LLC in, in 2015. And that was kind of, uh, we'd been playing around with it, you know, probably me messing around with stuff before that, but 2015 is when we made it official. Okay. So to shoot you straight, like I have lots of ideas about how to make a better backpack and I've tried them all. I, I run Kafaru. Yep. But I'm not the guy who's going to like go, yeah, I'll make my own prototype and like see if I can make it better. Like, who are you to just 
grab a, some materials at a, I don't know, craft store and start doing arts and crafts and coming up with a prototype? Like, is that your personality or is that just like out of front? Like, I don't know. Like I've always liked to tinker with things and like, I don't know, maybe just being a kid with like Legos and stuff, you just grab different components, start putting it together. And I had a lot of, I had GoPros, straps. I had a bunch of different chest harnesses. I had a fishing pack that I used from a different company. And you just start cannibalizing everything and then making it kind of work. I think I had my aunt help me with my first prototype trying to sew it. Cause after I walked into like a quilting shop and they all looked at me like I was crazy to sew a chest pack, you know, with nylon fabrics and things like that. So I don't know. I have a tendency to go down the rabbit hole on certain things and just research stuff. And so that's kind of how it all started and then just kind of went for it. Okay. That was 2015. Well, here we are in 2022. Um, we're just going to tease a little bit of where you're at. Your own facility made in America. How many employees? I think we have just over 36 employees now, right now, um, who are full-time employees. And then that's all in-house here. And then we actually have a couple small remote teams that help us with uh, some of our higher volume, lower um, easy accessory stuff um, remotely. So we're growing. We're out of room is our problem right now those are good problems 2015 what were you doing to pay the bills so i worked i grew up working for my dad he owned a commercial roofing company so that was our um family business and so i was actually he was just in the process of transitioning out and selling the business and so i'd worked for right when i was starting marsupial i was working for the family roofing business um and then i went and actually worked for DES, which is Department of Economic Security here in Arizona as a business analyst. And I did that for what I thought was a temporary job and I ended up working there for a year and a half. Okay, so for the listeners, like, when did you start to realize that this was a thing and you started looking at how can I go full-time with marsupial, like kind of that evolution, I love those stories. Yeah, so without, boring you with too many details. I, I quickly found the quilting shop wasn't going to be my place to get stuff, you know, made. I wasn't going to be able to make it all myself. Um, I happened to find a contract sewing manufacturer here in Phoenix, Arizona, where, which is where we're at. Um, and walked in there, they, you know, they advertised they could do prototypes, really generic, vague website called them, went in there. And I walk in this place and they're sewing all the loophole um, neoprene scope covers. I don't know if you're familiar with that company's scope coat. Okay. Um, and so I think we've all seen those, you know, and they're sewing, they're sewing loophole scope covers. They have Mr. Ranch backpacks in another corner and all this stuff. And I kind of opened my eyes and was like, holy cow, I thought everybody made everything in house. You know, I, and I kind of had this moment where I was like, I did not realize these contract sew shops were all throughout the U.S. Um, and they were making you know, made in America products, but a bunch of different companies inside one facility. Blackovis.com is where I buy all my gear. I use the discount code ELKSHAPE. It takes 10% off. Very few exclusions apply. Shipping is fast and free. They're already great prices. And when it comes to getting your gear in your hands early 2022, it's never been more important. Number one, supply chain issues. Number two, inflation. Don't wait. Your prices could go up on everything. And number three, get the gear in your hand. Test it and vet it before the season. Blackovis offers clothing, footwear, optics, gear, archery, camping, several different brands, lots of SKUs. We've partnered with them because 
because we believe in them. Use the discount code ElkShape, save 10%. TheElkCollective.com is a website that I started with John Gabriel several years ago. We wanted to create a digital, virtual, educational learning platform where you could watch videos and learn how to elk hunt. Learn specific tactics from several different subject matter experts who hunt in different states. If you're an elk hunter, you've signed up for being a student for life. So join The Elk Collective and get going. Use the discount code ElkShape Podcast, all one word, and save 20% on your annual membership. Numa Outdoors, I partnered with them over a year ago. I switched from Sika Gear to Numa Gear. This brand believed in Elk Shape and I believed in them. I tested their gear before partnering with them and I was really impressed. Numa has an entire line dedicated to Out West. And here's your lineup if you're in the market. Get yourself the Base Haven base layers, the Pursuit pant with the knee pad that is removable. These are breathable, athletic, good four-way stretch pants that'll help you maneuver and be athletic in the mountains. For a top layer, I recommend a Renegade short sleeve, long sleeve, or quarter zip with a mid-layer Alpha Vertex jacket or vest and always have a Palisade puffy in your pack to wait out storms. Use the discount code ELKSHAPE20 to save 20% off your first purchase from Numa Outdoors. Faru International, this is the best backpack on the market in my opinion. First things first, get yourself the duplex light frame. Then you can attach any bag that you want. I have several bags in my arsenal, but my top three are going to be the hoodlum. The hoodlum is I'm going to use for anywhere from a five to seven day hunt. I can pack out an elk with it easily and I can organize my gear. The next pack of choice is going to be the 22 mag, a little bit smaller than the hoodlum. This is more of like a two or three day effort, perfect for the elk hunt, perfect for the elk mountains, perfect for getting around and keeping your gear organized. Last but not least is the new Hellbender. This is the Striker XL on steroids. This is a pack that I'm going to be using exclusively in 2022 elk hunts. All three bags fit on my duplex light frame. And with Kifaro, you can customize your setup with accessories. I generally run on my right hip, the water bottle pocket Gen 2 for my Nalgene, a small or medium belt pouch, and generally a small, medium, large pocket somewhere on the bag. You can also backfill with the Sherman pocket or guide lid. And inside my bag, I organize all my gear with Kifaro ultralight pullouts. When it comes to sizing your frame, the belt, the straps, they have great customer service. Just pick up the phone, give them a shout, tell them Elk Shape sent you, talk to their customer service representative, get the exact size you need, buy once, cry once, and enjoy the best hunting backpack on the market. Wow. Okay. So light bulb moment. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how I was. I was like, this is what I want to do. And I was kind of in that weird transition. Um, my dad's selling the, the family business and, you know, I, I didn't love doing the roofing side of things. I love the entrepreneurship, the business side of it, but you know, commercial roofing in Arizona, it's 115 degrees in the summer, hot asphalt roofing. It's a very, you know, grind of a job. And so, um, I was kind of in, in limbo of what I was trying to do. Found this contract. So shop, I instantly knew I wanted to work there. Um, made some prototypes or, you know, did some prototyping with them. We came out with our binocular pack, our rangefinder pouch and a fishing pack, our generation one fishing pack and basically made, you know, their minimum a hundred of each items. And that was where we started, um, our first product launch of marsupial. Okay. So did you have to raise capital to get that initial, basically dangle your balls out there? Or is that something that you just like saved pinch pennies and invested in and basically gambled on yourself? Exactly. Yeah. And that's where, um, my wife, like I said, a super supportive wife, my, you know, we talked about it and it was like, Hey, this is something that, that I really want to do. I think there's a gap in this market. It would be a great little side hustle. I can, you know, my thought was always, I always wanted to work for the outdoor industry, but in Arizona, there's really not a, a ton of options. And then, um, it'd just be a way to have you like your hand on the market, but still go have a full-time job. And like, I always used to hustle and sell things on eBay um and flip things and so i kind of always liked that little side project uh i don't know selling things and so it kind of was like oh instead of doing you know selling random things on ebay maybe i can make my own product and sell it 
That's so cool, man. Well, that's kind of a the nuts and bolts of the story. Let's talk about like a little bit of the growing pains. Obviously, you're still in them, but like early, early on, I mean, when you sold your first couple of, let's just say, vinyl, your vinyl harnesses or pouches and rangefinder, like local guys, and like if so, can could you like full court press them to like give me feedback? Try to break like you know what I mean? Like it's such invaluable. Or did you do your own R and D? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, we kind of always, I look for companies who in the industry, like we wanted to emulate and try to, you know, carry ourselves that way. And so I had a Kafaro backpack. I loved the materials. I loved how beefy the buckles were. I loved all that. So we tried to like emulate that, use the same quality construction made in the U S and always have like great customer service and a warranty. So that's where it started. Um, we did our first production run of a hundred of each SKUs. And then that's when Instagram was not what it was today. It was very, I don't know, organic. And so, I don't know, you share it with your friends, they share it with their friends. And then we launched and I just remember thinking like, all right, this is going to be awesome. And it was just like crickets. And I don't think we sold a pack for, I don't know, 10 days. And then the funny part is that's the only thing we had checkout turned on for like the first day. Cause then a buddy was like, Hey, I tried to buy a hat and I uh, couldn't even buy a hat. And so uh, <laughs> like, man, and to be trying my wife and I had set aside 10 grand and that's what we had done in, basically put in to the business from the beginning, which, I mean, we didn't have a lot of money. That was basically our savings that we could, you know, reasonably take a gamble on. This is what we're going to do. Um, and so then I start, you know, lots of sleepless nights going, man, what did I just do? Are we going to be able to get our money back? You know, as a husband, you don't want to just take your savings and throw it away just on a whim. But um, yeah, that was kind of the initial fear. Um, but then, you know, we sold one, we sold two. I remember driving back from a fishing trip and it was like, I got a notification on my phone that we had a sale and it was like that cool moment, like, oh my gosh, we actually sold one. And so, uh, you know, you sell one, you sell two. And then before we knew it, we had sold through the first batch. And a lot of those guys being here in Arizona knew we were in Arizona. So I would do a lot of parking lot transactions. They'd find out where I was in Phoenix. I'd meet them on my lunch break or I'd sneak out of the office a little bit and then go uh, meet them somewhere. And, and I sold a lot of packs in person for a while. Mm, okay. So I really love the entrepreneurial spirit, man. And I, I encourage people who downloaded this podcast to pursue their side hustle like nonstop because I personally can't stomach the idea of trading hours for dollars and not having the time to go hunting, obviously, like that's huge for me. I'm a, I'm a time chaser. So top three tips just from the hip to get your side hustle off the ground. I would say definitely invest in yourself because no one else is going to work as hard as you can. Um, so like while that big chunk of money up front, you know, people spend money frivolously all the time. And so the first one I would say is take that money. You can sacrifice elsewhere and invest in yourself. Um, I would also say with today's day and age, you can teach yourself anything online for the most part. You can work at all hours of the day. You can work a full, full-time job, go home, hang out with your family and still work in the evening. And my wife and I had plenty of nights where, you know, we had no kids and we have three kids now. We lived off our living room floor, shipping packages. So time, like there's 24 hours in the day. You can, you can always make time for it when people make excuses and say, there's not enough time. You, as you know, Dan, I'm sure work at all hours of the day. There's always time. 
And then I would say the third biggest thing is consistency. Um, where people in today's day and age expect instant gratification. And we're seven years into this of day in, day out, living, breathing, our brand that's a part of us. And like we wouldn't, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're lucky. And we are very lucky. But one thing that we have done over time is be consistent and every single day contributed to it in one way or another, which is exhausting. So if you're not willing to get, the, you know, put in the time for the results, it, um, you know, it, it might not be for you because it is definitely a, a life changing um, process. But I would definitely say just be consistent and don't give up over time because it takes a long time. But when you grow it organically over time like that, it's the right way to do it, in my opinion, and it, it becomes worth it. So I would say invest in yourself, um, work as many hours as you can, and then just be consistent and do it for a long time and don't just give up. So on that note, which was really like that was gospel, in my opinion, it's all about continuity. Yeah. The problem for me, admittedly, yeah. is I got a clock that I can punch any time I want mm -hmm. and I work from home. So I struggle with like walking away. Correct. So much. So how do you balance that yourself? Cause you do have three kids. You are married. You are a hunter and you like eat and breathe this marsupial gig. Mm -hmm. Have you, how are you doing on balancing it all? Uh, probably not as great as I could be obviously. Um, Cause yeah, it's a constant juggle of do you be, a good husband, a good father, or a good business owner too. You know, now we have a family of 36 employees that we also have to take care of. So it's not just about me. And so um, I do, I try to do it as best as I can, but I obviously probably dropped the ball on all three. And I think um, luckily I have an incredible support system with my wife who carries the weight at home with our kids. She comes in and works three days a week out of five at the office. Um, so I don't know, it's a juggling act and we don't do it well, but we don't go on vacations. We don't, um, we, you know, we sacrifice a lot with the hopes that in the long run, it'll all be worth it. And I, I couldn't do it without my wife doing that. And also our support system of our family and all, all of our incredible employees. So um, it's a constant juggling act, but a sacrifice that we hope will, will pay off in the long run. Yeah. Let's talk about that payoff, man. And I'm, you probably weren't expecting me to ask this question, but I can't resist. Like, the way I look at your company is like you started at ground level, grew it organically. I think it's so obviously I'm a huge believer and you and I never even really talked. I got the vinyl harness from who did I get it from? John Gabriel, my partner at the Elk Collective. He's like, hey, what size are you for this? I'm sending getting you a marsupial. And I'm like, OK, whatever. Dude, it sat in a box for months, to be honest with you. And then, um, I don't know, I started in my tinkering mode, pre-seasons kind of stuff and threw it on and have never taken it off since. And, uh, in fact, just ordered another set because I've, you know, beat this one up pretty good and it, it still works, but it just kind of looks pretty well used. And, um, companies like yours are very attractive for companies like, oh, I hate name dropping, but I'm going to, uh, let's just say like, um like a meat eater who just bought my friend Jason Phelps's company a year and a half ago. Um, companies like that, that like basically try to buy out like buy like FHF got bought by meat eater. So obviously I don't think they're going to buy yours, but um, companies like that, like, does that make you nervous? Like knowing, you know, somebody might dangle a pretty big payout 
Like it's your baby. Like talk to us through that because I'm always curious, like how entrepreneurs like have exit strategies, but also, you know, they love what they're doing. What's that look like for you? Onyx Hunt. This is the number one digital hunting application. I take it with me everywhere I go on my phone. Download your maps ahead of time and you know differences between state, BLM, national, private. You know where roads are at, terrain features. You can do all your e-scouting from a desktop via the desktop version and have all those waypoints and information transferred to your phone. Having a tremendous amount of confidence that it's not going to crash in the backcountry when you need it most and that you are legally hunting where you're allowed. The Elite membership will allow you to get free access to Hunt Reminder. This is a great app that will notify you when draw deadlines are approaching so that you never miss a deadline. You also get access to top rut which has arguably the best draw odds in the business and if that wasn't enough you also get access to hunt and full their digital publication with each state breakdown and analysis so you can plan your hunts ahead of time all this for 99 plus when you enter the discount code elkshade it'll take 20 percent off wilderness athlete this is a supplement company not a marketing company the difference being these guys spend their dollars reinvesting into product development and i have been partnered with them for a very long time they just came out with their new hero which is hydrate energize recharge and overcome all you have to do is add water make sure you pick up a couple boxes of those for elk hunting season as well as hydrate recover energy and focus the green infusion daily multis fish oils probiotics protein powder post-workout pre-workout whatever you need whatever the goal wildernessathlete.com enter the discount code elkshape30 to save 30 percent off your first purchase baku e-bike elite fat tire e-bikes to help elevate your game i use the mule people ask me why do i not use the storm because i hunt out west and i need the extra wattage to get up steep terrain find a dealer near you by heading to baku.com for a quick little demo ride to see for yourself or get yourself a backcountry e-bike a trailer an extra battery use a discount code elk shape to save $300 off your purchase and utilize these e-bikes when you're chasing turkeys, bear, deer, elk, any sort of trail, logging road, where legal, they are an awesome resource for you to get in and get out quietly. And if you have a trailer, hopefully you're hauling precious elk meat back to the truck. Black Rifle Coffee Company. I am a huge fan of coffee. Probably guilty of maybe drinking too much, but I love Black Rifle. It's my alternative to Starbucks. These folks at Black Rifle are pro hunting, pro 2A, veteran owned. I can tell you right now, you guys should check out the coffee club. Join the club and you're going to get free shipping on your club orders. Automatic deliveries on your schedule so you can program it for when coffee should arrive at your doorstep. You'll get exclusive discounts from over 50 plus partner brands. And you can always tweak, tinker, or modify your subscription at any time to suit your fancy. My favorite all time is the Flying Elk. That should be no surprise. Black Rifle is a huge partner of Elk Shape. They support our message of crushing the elk hunting learning curve and leveraging elk hunting. Check out Black Rifle Coffee Club of the Month. Enter the discount code Elkshape. Save 15% off and enjoy America-driven coffee from a veteran-owned company. As of now, we really have no intentions of selling it. I mean, of course, my wife and I dream and talk about, man, what would we do if that would ever happen? You know, I, I don't know. We're so emotionally attached to this business, like I said, from the first pack to years of sitting on our kitchen room, kitchen floor, shipping packages, that it's not, a, you know, it's not just a transaction to us. We're very intimately involved in it so i don't know i mean as of now we we love what we do i don't really think of what i do as work it's it's like i get to go into work and play for the most part and so our goal is as of now not to sell it we just bought a building with it so that's our next move and you know so we're just trying to do everything and not bank on someone trying to offer us a bunch of money and make our brand what it's not what it's not and what we've basically created it to be um so our goal is just to kind of put our head down work and build something that we're really proud of, kind of complete our mission with it. And hopefully it's a, a generational family thing. If our kids want to go into it, we have two boys and a daughter. I, that, that's what I love. I mean, all three kids have grown up in our shop. They've all been here as babies pretty much. And uh, to me, that's fun. I grew up in my mom's classroom as a teacher. And I, I don't know, just having your family around is, is, is a neat experience. So we don't, our goal is not to grow up big and sell it for a big paycheck and, and disappear. Our goal is to build a, an industry brand that is recognized as quality 
building stuff made in the U.S. and just a brand that anybody could, you know, would want to be want to work with for just what we stand and what we make. And so that's that's kind of always been our goal, and not worry about the money, and just hope you know that we can build something established and long lasting. And then you know, if we can uh, obviously do well, I'd love to eventually buy some property and a state where I can hunt. That's like our dream is just to go buy property and ideally do both. Okay. Speaking of buying property, you take your you took your business a step further than I did. So when I owned my gym, I had been saving for years for that down payment was going to get me a small business administration loan. I was going to get that real estate. I was tired of spending between 40 and $60,000 a year in lease when that money could be going to a mortgage. That could be to a separate business. So basically, I could start a new business and lease the space out to myself. Like, that's the dream. It sounds like you're doing that. Great job. What's that look like? Give us some behind the scenes because that's huge, man. Investing in some real estate, you got appreciating asset, et cetera. Yeah, so that's uh, a huge step we actually just took here and we're really excited about like as of weeks ago it just kind of went through so it's something that we won't be able to move into for about a year eight months from now but right now we're in 10,000 square feet roughly and we're busting at the seams we can't hire anybody else because there's really nowhere to put another sewing machine safely Um, we have no room for our materials and so we um, you know we either needed to expand and, and rent another space next to us and then gosh the rent would be insane for between three different suites and so it's like well what if we, what kind of building can we maybe get for that? And so um, found a building, I don't know, it all just kind of worked out. It's going to double our space, uh, 20,000 square feet of a bigger showroom, bigger production floor, bigger warehouse, everything. And it's really neat building. And so we're looking, that'll be our new headquarters in about a year. It'll have an awesome showroom where you walk in, you'll be able to look through some big windows to your left when you walk in and you'll see our whole production floor of all the products being made. Um, so we're kind of want it to be a, a cool experience for people. Cause right now when people come in our small showroom, you can hear the machines sewing, humming and popping and they kind of like peek around the corner and you can kind of see some stuff, but we want to be transparent with what we're doing. And so you'll be able to see right into our warehouse with our awesome team members making their stuff right there as you can be shopping in person. Okay. Well, let's build a kit right now, top to bottom. Okay. So I'm going to save all you listeners. You don't have to call customer service. Hopefully I can. Okay. I want to start with glass. I'm going to run 10 by 42s, the most universal. Agreed. Um, we can even do a brand specific. I work with Vortex. So Vortex, I'm going to do the UHD 10 by 42s. Let's start with what are my options for the Bino pack? So we make our packs in a small, medium, and large. Those Vortex um, 10 by 42 UHDs are a little bigger than the normal 10 by 42s. So those would go in our medium. The, the general rule of thumb is like 10 by 42s in a small. 10 1250s in a medium, 1556 in a large. Those 1042 UHDs are awesome glass that you're going to fit in our medium pack. If you wanted a little more room, you could throw them in the large, but I think medium is the best for those UHDs. And then accessory pouches. We make all these different pouches that work with the chest pack. You can kind of customize your kit exactly how you want. Our number one seller is a rangefinder pouch that is just like our pack. It's magnetic folding forward so that lid goes down out of the way so you can pull your rangefinder in and out repetitively without messing with the lid. The second most popular pouch is our small zippered pouch, which I love to carry. You can, if you're rifle hunting, you can carry a couple extra rounds in there. If you're archery hunting, um, a lot of handheld releases will, or back tension releases will fit in there. Um, you can carry a flashlight, headlamp, pocket knife, a bunch, like it's like a little possibles pouch, right? I think that's what you're running on one side. Yes, sir. 
And so that's the, the two most popular accessories that we have. We also have radio pouches, some other, you know, different various pouches on the side. Um, but those, that small zippered pouch range finder are top two. And then on the bottom, you can add some accessories as well. We have a handgun holster. We have bear spray holster. We have some bow hanger hooks that hang on the bottom. You can put your bowstring in that if you're shooting 3D, a convenient way to hold your bow. But I would say the, the pack, enclosed pack, rangefinder pouch, small zippered pouch are our top three. And then if you want a handgun, um, quick access to a firearm, you can put that underneath as well. We make the holster. Yeah, so you guys have that uh, holster and you have uh, a little bit of molly at the bottom that you can just kind of connect that to, correct? Correct. And then we have more stuff that's going to be coming out. And um, I don't know if we'll get it all out this year, but we, you know, we envision having a basement pocket on the bottom. We have a, a hand warming muff that'll be able to attach to the bottom. So you'll have three points of contact where you can basically attach accessories, one on each side and one underneath the bottom. No, that makes sense. Um, talk to me about the rangefinder pouch for a second. You have two different sizes. What's the cutoff? Like, what's the most common rangefinders out there? Standard. Um, uh, so we make, yeah, we make two different sizes. I would say 90% of rangefinders fit in the standard. And if we're talking Vortex, I would, so their most, their high-end one is the, the Razor 4000, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that is on the larger size of range finders. And so it can fit in our standard. Sometimes it's a little snug for people's liking. And then we have a larger size, which is just about a quarter inch bigger in depth and width. And, um, just a little bit taller. And some people prefer the, the razor in there, um, but the, the ranger fits in our small. And then the new ones, I have not gotten my hands on the new range finders yet. And I don't know where those fall size wise. Yeah. For Vortex, they're actually a little bit smaller than the razor so they fit they fit even better in that standard size uh but i run the 4000 in the standard and it's yeah, it's a little tight a little it could be getting two fingers in there to pinch and grab it can be tight sometimes yeah so you guys also make a couple more things you have the water bottle pouch yep for basically what is that nalgene or actually just water bottles it's size for a Nalgene, a 32 ounce Nalgene, which will also fit their tall ones. And then that'll fit like all the Hydro Flasks and a lot of the popular stainless steel ones. Um, I also throw, you know, your standard Costco 16 ounce water bottle in there if I'm going out for a quick little evening hunt. Um, and those will attach to any hunting pack, but then also our modular belt system, which is a whole another system that we sell, which is kind of like a we're building out to be a lumbar pack and um, upland bird whole system. Um, it's all kind of tinker toying can be built out. And so that's one of the accessories for that. Are you like me? Do you just love trail cameras? Slightly addicted to them? Yeah, guilty as charged. I work with SpyPoint. They have several affordable trail cameras. Some are going to be cellular. Some are going to be non-cellular. So the difference is being one, the Force Pro, non-cellular, very affordable, extremely reliable, just under $200. Or you can look up the Link S, that's the dark or the micro LTE twin where you get a two pack of cellulars. They come with the SIM cards. So you don't need to pay out of pocket monthly to utilize your cellular trail cameras. You can download the free app and get your hundred photos a month that you choose. Cell trail cameras are where it's at, where legal and where you have at least two bars. You're going to get extremely important real-time information and you don't have to go in and disturb your area, get your scent the ground and bump any animals. I like trail cameras from a biological standpoint. I don't really depend on them to get animals killed, but I do depend on them to understand animal behavior, biology, animal densities, and see if I can focus on patterns where I can take advantage and know how to get in and get out of these places. So I am addicted to trail cams. I love the app. It's bulletproof from SpyPoint. So check out SpyPoint when you get a hot minute or next time you're in the market for a trail camera. If you're looking for cellular, I'm probably going to recommend the Link S Dark over all of them. But if you're on a budget, get the Link Micro Twin 2-pack where you have two cell phone trail cameras working for you under $200. Or if you just want to run normal trail cameras, check out the Force Pro. There's a couple different versions out there. I use the Force Pro or the Force 20 
Both are really sweet. And then last but not least, if you already have a trail camera and you want to turn it into a cell phone trail camera, they have a product for you called the Cell Link. $59.99 attaches to your existing trail camera. You don't have to have a SIM card and it will start sending you photos to your phone. Check out spypoint.com for more information. Vortex Optics, a partner of Elk Shape since 2010. Veteran known, based out of Wisconsin. The VIP warranty itself that's transferable. Whether you buy your Vortex Optics used from a buddy or buy it retail from a store, that VIP warranty follows your product. No questions asked. You break it, they fix it. We're going to give you guys a quick little tip. Being a handful of months away from elk season, one thing you can do right now, and this tip is presented by Vortex, is that you can start writing on the calendar your hunt plan, the dates that you plan on leaving, so that your wife or your spouse knows what you're thinking ahead of time. Sounds silly, but I used to not communicate very well with my wife and then surprise her right at hunting season and then, hey, I'm gonna be gone the entire month. Not anymore. Now, as soon as I draw a tag or have a hunt plan secured, I'm up on the calendar writing it down and going over with it. Even though she's probably gnashing her teeth a little bit at me, at least it gives her plenty of time to plan around and make sure that we are on the same page. Happy wife is a happy life and to hunt your best, things need to be dialed at home. This tip was brought to you by Vortex. Go to Vortex Wear and use the discount code Elkshape to save 20% on your workout scouting gear that Vortex Wear makes. Appreciate you guys' support. Matthews Archery out of Sparta, Wisconsin, rocking the V3X29 and 3.3. I think you guys know this by now, but I'm pretty much in love with that 29. It fits me like a glove. I like the 33. It's probably my favorite bow to shoot, but when we're talking about chasing elk in the elk woods, I'm going to pack that 29 around. Fits me a little bit better. I shoot it a little bit better. You should go test drive a V3X. I think it's their best product to date, and you can really streamline your setup by using the bridge lock to get the sight in the middle of the riser. You have the new Low Pro quivers that fit tighter than anything has ever fit to a bow. You can really streamline your setup with the new technology from Matthews. Plus, they run the cross centric cams, so you can easily switch out mods. You don't have to switch out limbs if you want to change your draw weight, your draw length, or your let off. All that can be done without a press. Matthews Archery, killing it. And I love shooting my Matthews. I'm absolutely in love. You guys should go check it out at a dealer near you. One thing I just invested in was your guys' bear spray pouch. Um, I'm kind of a gun and bear spray kind of guy when Grizz Country. Uh, where's the best place to put that? Like, what's best practices for that? Um... You know, it's obviously user specific. I like it on the bottom of the pack because that way it frees up the side still. So I can sell my rangefinder pouch and my small zippered pouch, which are my go-to accessories. Yes. So I like to have um, that bear spray on the bottom. I think you're running one of those cool chest rigs. Was it Alien? Or what did I see? I see you've been, you've been uh, using another handgun holster that works separately from our pack. So that way, I think you would still be able to have the bear spray on the bottom. I think you'd be able to have your firearm underneath that with your chest rig. Or you could take that bear spray off, put it on the side if you don't carry a zippered pouch, or you could throw it on your hunting pack. We, we make it a universal attachment, so it'll work right on your kafaru belt. So, you know, maybe you want that on your, your hunting pack, and then, you know, you know that your, your handgun's going to be on your torso. So if you did happen to drop your pack, you would still have a gun on you. So it just depends on where you would really like to carry it, but I always like it on the bottom of the chest pack. Yeah, I like the bottom, to be honest with you. I'm going to have to do some tinkering and think about this. The concept for wearing a separate holster from the bino rig was I don't have my bino rig on when I'm in my sleeping bag or cooking dinner or um, I take my, you know, so it's kind of like not putting your gun on your, your backpack because you take your backpack off to make stocks. At least I do. So I totally understand that, but let's talk about your holster attachment because it is money where it sets up and how it sits do you have to order it specific to the handgun or is it kind of like different sizes for revolvers versus pistols? So we have two sizes. Um, we have, we call one our small semi-auto and then our large Magnum is the other size. Um, they're both universal in fitment as the entire inside of it is Velcro loop line. So the soft side of Velcro is the inside, but it's the low profile one. So not the real fluffy one. And then the holster retention strap has the hook side on that webbing that you insert so you basically find the sweet spot for your specific gun you can push that strap in and out infinitely 
however, you know, for exact fitment, it'll wrap around the back of your gun and snap on with the snap on the front. So I can fit everything from a tiny little LCP in our small holster and have it be nice and snug up to all your standard semi-autos that pretty much up to a four inch barrel. And then anything longer than four inches, I always recommend to go up to our large or Magnum holster. And then that Magnum one also has a deeper, we'll call it trigger guard um, space. So for those revolvers that are taller, those fit in our Magnum holster a lot better. So, but you can fit a lot of different guns in our small semi-auto. Um, the large Magnum is uh, for a lot of like 357 revolvers or some really big 1911s. When did you guys start carrying game bags? I noticed you have synthetic game bags. We started making those last year. I've been using game bags for a long time and synthetic ones, and they work great. Obviously, you know, wash, reuse, they look brand new. You're not getting inferior game bags over time, but I've had some that have failed on me in the past and just wearing down or breaking in the seams. And so we kind of wanted to build something that might not be the, you know, I'm sure there's, I think there's some game bags that are lighter than ours, but I guarantee ours are some of the strongest sewn out there. And I think we're getting ready to do a stress test of them this year and just see what it takes to break ours. Um, and so ours are just really durable, built really well, lifetime warranty. And then we added reflectivity to them, which is a big, you know, it's not important until you need it, but it, as you probably know, picked up, packing out some animals in the dark and you're going in for a second load, it's really nice to find your game bags hanging in a tree and they glow from hundreds of yards away when you hit them with a flashlight. And so we have reflective tabs on all four corners, reflective drawstring, and then we have a reflective logo on the front as well. So they're very easy to see at night. Let me sell you guys on packing your animals out at night. Number one, I choose to hunt a lot of crappy over-the-counter elk hunting places because I absolutely love the challenge. I don't think it's a good idea especially at a crowded trailhead or at least everywhere I go, I run into elk hunters. I like packing and not showing off that I just got something in the dark. Also, it's way cooler. Also, I usually have another elk tag in my pocket at a nearby state, so I can't hunt at night. Might as well pack meat at night. It's cooler. No one's going to know. And the reflection, the last elk I killed was in Arizona. We packed it out all night. And it was so handy to be able to like shine the light and be like, aha, there we are. Meat stays cool. That was just a off tangent. But meat tarp, I see you have a meat tarp. I'm a huge believer as a solo elk hunter and having a tarp next to you as you're trying to especially get that hindquarter off and it's heavy and you do not want, like it is a sin in my family to get any dirt on your meat. I, I agree. I'd get along with your family. Yeah. So we came out with a very simple product, but it's very effective. And we just call it the meat tarp. I always used to carry a sheet of Tyvek with mm -hmm. me um, in the past. It was just a waterproof construction material. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of times where you're hunting by yourself and you're breaking down an animal and you don't have, or at least in Arizona, you know, there's not trees to just hang meat on um, while you're breaking down an animal. So what we came up with is just a waterproof membrane. We made it in blaze orange. So it's super bright and visible. It's got tie out. Um, loops on each corner so you can always use it as a shade structure or a, a shade tarp if you needed to cover your meat this is just a very multi-use piece of equipment exactly what you're saying you're breaking down an animal either by yourself or with someone else and you can now put your meat on this tarp keep it clean of pine needles dirt whatever and then continue working on you know your elk and that meat is now cooling on this tarp and you're not 
worried about it getting dirty by placing it on a rock or, or whatnot. And so even I shot a coos deer this last year and I was by myself and on that it was cooling. And then, um, once I had it all done, pulled up my game bags, throw it in the game bags and loaded it in my pack. And I was on my way. Yeah. You don't really decide where an animal dies. They do. But, um, I think in 19, I killed a bull in Wyoming that we broke it all down and I had to make my own shade with my meat tarp, which was clutch. And then last year, uh, in Idaho, I shot a bull and he died right in the middle of a sagebrush flat. And we basically had to pack the entire thing out just cause it was so hot. It was like, we don't have time to do trips, like suck it up. I wish my partner, Jake was stronger. He, you know, he really struggled. No, he's sitting right next to me and he's got headphones on. He can't hear me, but, um, no, he, he's a beast, but, uh, that's cool. Last thing I want to ask on your gear and then I want to talk hunting is like, okay, I've never really ran scope cases on my spotters, but I do historically beat the crap out of all my spotters in my backpack. So with your guys's case, like, is it just to protect your equipment or can you actually keep it on and still utilize the spotter? You cannot keep it on and utilize the spotter at the same exact time. So it is meant to cover your glass as you're transporting it, either in your backpack, side-by-side -side truck. And then when you're actually looking to glass through your optics, you have to take it off. Okay. People have asked us to make a stay on case and then I'll go on my little rant real quick why we don't. So stay on cases typically are kind of bulky. Sometimes if they're not sized exactly right for the spotter, they're kind of this clunky case that's on your optics. And then they have a end cap that'll hang down on either the objective side or the eyepiece side. And what happens in is in our experience, you know, we do a lot of time, we spend a lot of time glassing in, in Arizona is you get set up, you get it on your tripod, or you have the stay on case and you have these basically what turn into wind sails dangling from your spotter. And so if you're glassing in a slight breeze, it's gonna make those flaps move, which causes vibrations and then just disturbs the picture. It's obviously a pain. So. I'm of the mindset, I want my scope to be completely, have nothing hanging off it when I'm using it. And then when I go to transport it, I want to cover it. And we have dual zippers on our spotting scope cases. So you can cover your spotter, zip it on both sides. It will, you can leave your optic connected to your tripod, throw it over your shoulder and walk. But now you have protection or you can leave it strapped to your tripod or on your tripod and then strap your tripod to your pack. So we're of the mindset, protect it while you're moving it, take it off when you're using it and then cover it back up when you're not. So as opposed to the whole stay on versus temporary type of case. That's our, our reasoning behind it at least. So you're in Phoenix. It's mid June at the time of this recording today for me, I got a high of maybe 68. It's been the wettest spring on record. What's the high for you today? I haven't looked at the exact weather, but I'm guessing it's going to be right around 110. Um, yeah. I think it was over 110 yesterday. We had a really hot spell coming in. It's a little unseasonably warm right now it's really dry so we're having the opposite issues of you it's super dry here in arizona i think we just got a new forest fire up in flagstaff which is a big bummer it's hot and dry so we're hoping that the monsoon kicks in here i think it's supposed to drop in temperature this weekend and we're hoping that maybe that monsoon season will start and get some rainfall historically speaking when does that start for you guys i always remember it being in july is typically where it hits us um, that's being in the family roofing business art we did a lot of schools in the off season and it was always a dreading tearing off a roof in, in July because that's when monsoon would just roll in. So monsoon typically is, I would say, always kicks off in July. It can be a little earlier or have a little bit later, but July, I would say, is kind of the guaranteed month you're going to have some monsoon storms. Can you count on both hands how many times you've had an Arizona elk tag? 
<laughs> no, it's only on one hand. <laughs> um, I've had I've had two bull tags, I think, in my life in Arizona. One when I was younger. I've had a, I guess I lie. I probably had a couple cow tags that would push me just over um, five historically. I'm I'm 32, and I think I probably had five elk tags, two bull tags, and two and three cow tags. Okay, so my point would be. What does a guy do who wants to hunt elk every year, but is a resident in Arizona? Hunt out of state. <laughs> yeah. What's your go-to? So that's, I guess that's not entirely true. We do have some over-the-counter units in Arizona, which some guys are really perfecting or learning. I've even seen, I think I just saw two this weekend get killed on social media, velvet bulls in Arizona. So there are a couple of depredation um, hunts in Arizona that you can hunt every single year and kill over-the-counter elk. Very, very, very hard. And the guys who do it, keep it a secret as much as they can so there is technically over-the-counter hunting every single year in arizona typical draw i think on average just for like an average general rifle hunt is going to be five to six years in arizona would be my guess and maybe someone will will say that's not true but for not trophy units you probably can expect to draw an elk tag every five years i say that my wife drew one on her first year applying she's drawn two rifle bull tags and probably four years of applying so it's all luck in arizona there's a lottery system with bonus points i put in for new mexico um, I've only put in for New Mexico for elk. I haven't done Colorado yet, which we've looked into Colorado or, or Montana, but Arizona is, is not something that you can just do every single year and have hunting elk in the rut. Buck knives out of Post Falls, Idaho. My neighbor in 2020, I completely buried a knife into my hand and it was not a fixed blade. It was one of those scalpel replaceable ones that break real easy. And I buried it so deep that I actually, the doctor recommended surgery, which I might've should have listened, but I didn't. Anyways, several stitches later in a week of elk hunting down the drain, I got my hand healed up. Since that day, I've vowed not to use scalpels anymore in the field. And so I've switched back to buck knives, tried and true since 1902, made in America, tremendous amount of history. They're also my everyday carry. So you should check out the new everyday carry 22 lineup from buck knives. They got the 110 slim protein. XR. That's probably my all-time favorite for everyday carry. You can also check out the 110 Hunter Sport Knife or the 112 Ranger 50th Anniversary Edition. If you're looking for a skinner, I would maybe consider the customizable 113 Ranger Skinner Knife. That's the knife that I customize for all my Elk Shape Camp, Spirit of Elk Shape Camp Awards, and that's the knife that we use to skin all my elk in 2021. If there's a knife out there that you need, they can customize it or you can peruse their website. Buck Knives is a huge supporter of Elk Shape. We appreciate them and we love being their neighbor. Please be careful when you're breaking down your animal and consider switching to a fixed blade just for me. Crispy USA. Crispy Boots. My favorite boots because they don't require any break-in, period. For stocking any animal out west it's a laponia gtx this is a very affordable boot this is not a 500 boot it's very athletic and it's a quiet boot and it's definitely something that could help you sneak in tighter to animals so if you're a stalker you might want to check out laponia gtx if you're looking for another affordable boot that's perfect for elk hunting it's the colorado gtx i know cameraman jake and myself that's our both our favorite number one boot from crispy it's the one that gets the most use and two is one i have two pairs because i like to switch out boots every day the colorados are not insulated which is great for me to keep my feet from sweating it has board lasting mechanical construction it includes the abss ankle support system which helps propel you forward it's got a four flex rating they're protected with Kevlar triple stitching, polyurethane coated, and leather rand. The height is eight inches, and one boot weighs under two pounds. They're super light, they're fast, they're very athletic to help you keep up with elk. The last thing I want to mention about boots is number one, all your hunting starts from the ground up. Choose wisely. Number two, consider putting sheep feet inside any pair of boots that you rock. Sheep feet are a full length custom orthotic built for your feet specifically. Use the discount code ELKSHAPE, it'll take 10% off your purchase. I run sheep feet in every piece of boot I wear. I obviously have several pairs of boots, but the sheep feet are always in there. I think they help me leak less energy every stride, every step. They keep my feet strong and durable. And the last thing I would want for for any of you hunting is to have foot issues while trying to hunt. Hunt your best, include sheep feet on your must list for 2022. Yeah, now I think some of my listeners might know, but I have hunted Arizona elk three times as a non-resident and I've done three of the hardest Arizona elk hunts in my opinion where you're doing that late season archery 
Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of guys reach out and be like, hey, man, I want to burn my points and do that hunt. And I always am like, pump the brakes. Here's my suggestion. Take it or leave it. But for me, I think if you have zero to 20 points, you should go all in on that rut hunt, archery, the top units, 1, 10, 27, the 23s, like go for broke because that's a special hunt that is going to be like taking kid from a candy, in my opinion, based on what I've seen as far as bull densities in the country. Another thing about Arizona that I've found, and I would say this is all true, it probably except for unit 27 that I just mentioned is like, there's a dang road everywhere, man. There are a lot of roads in Arizona. And a lot of side-by-sides. A lot of side-by-sides. Yeah, Arizona, especially on the north part, like everybody seems to own a side-by-side here or or a quad of some sort. So they're, it's hard to get away, at least in some of those northern units. There's, I mean, don't get me wrong, you can backpack in, in certain areas, but there's a lot of roads in Arizona, which is good and bad. Um, obviously, it's bad. You can't get away. It's good in the sense that you can kind of get halfway in and then hike in, and so you can always kind of be mobile but definitely gets abused in Arizona compared to some other states from what we've seen. And then you guys just recently banned trail cameras. Like, I don't know if you have caveat, like, oh, you got to take it out of the woods by a certain date. But as far as I know, no trail cameras in season. I know there's a trail camera ban. There's a lot of gray area on it. You know, I'm of the mindset that I don't like things being regulated because it's a slippery slope. That being said, there were some units where they just get absolutely abused and they caused some incidents. I think they should have monitored those units specifically, but without getting political about it. I know you you cannot have trail cameras up to monitor wildlife during hunting season. I'm not 100% sure if you can run it up till the season starts, but there is a ban on trail cameras statewide. Okay, yeah, which kind of sucks because the last Arizona bull I killed was because of a trail camera as far as I found like this dainty water source that looked like absolutely nothing was really hitting it but my research showed that there was no other water within a lot of miles and I was seeing a lot of bulls so yeah it's too bad you know the ones where it's really bad is you go up to the strip and there's 20 cameras on a tank and people are they all know what's in the same area so in a sense, I like that there's no trail cameras because it brings back hunting, you know, you know, yeah. actually going out there, getting boots on the ground. And so you can argue it both ways. I think we all want to preserve hunting as a sport. So in a sense, it's great. But in a sense, it's taking, you know, people are still going to run them. You know, people are. So you might just be punishing certain people or in units where it's like, what, what are you doing wrong in the middle of nowhere on a water source all by yourself? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, in my opinion. So to me, I think that's, that's unfair and they shouldn't be taking away our ability to do that, but you could argue both ways. Okay. I got a couple more hunting questions and then I got to dig in lastly on what your stuff's actually made of like how it's made. Yep. It wouldn't be right if we didn't talk about that. So in 2023, we're going to do an oak shape camp in Phoenix. Cool. And I'm super stoked. I'm going to be doing it. W a H Q. It's going to be awesome. And hopefully we get you guys there as well. We'll be there. Awesome. We are trying to figure out a way to sneak in a deer hunt while we're there. Okay. Probably after the camp, but talked, I've had a Arizona hunting license for decade plus, obviously putting in every year, but I've never actually done the deer thing. Although I've always wanted to, because there ain't much to hunt in January or 
end of December. And I know it kind of got popular there for a minute, but it's still a pretty hard over-the-counter style hunt. And there's some new rule adjustments on, you know, overcrowding. So let's kind of break down hunting in Arizona in January. Give us a bird's eye view. So to, it changed this year. So this is a huge, this is the first year massive changes got implemented. So to this year, it will be drastically different because they just put harvest quotas in place. Typically what had always happened is, is I would say probably 90% of the units in Arizona were open in January. I know there's certain units that are closed and we have over the, an over-the-counter season in August, December, and January. Those three different months, different units are open and closed. Not all units are open statewide, but in January, majority of the units are open statewide. So that it's great. You can, and your deer tag is good for any antler deer. You can hunt a coos deer, mule deer, and there's lots of units in the state where you can have coos deer and mule deer on the same hillside, same canyon, and you can go after anything. And you can, if you if you plan right, you can draw a javelina tag as well and basically be hunting javelina and deer by mountain lion tag and pretty much go after anything that you, you see, which is it's just a blast. And in January in Arizona, weather can be 60 degrees. You can be hunting in a t-shirt. It can be freezing and snowing um, depending on where you're at. But typically, well, I mean, you're, you're buried in snow that time of year. You can come to Arizona and hang out and be chasing deer in the rut all through January. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. You know, the coos deer thing, pretty cool, but <laughs> I've never actually hunted them. They're not way up on my list. The last small body deer I killed was like a, a blacktail in California. Yep. And I was like, this is a lot of work for a little bit of meat. But they typically live in some nasty terrain. So you appreciate their body size when you kill one in a, in a hell hole. Mm. So, but yeah, so I, I typically love hunting coos deer. They're just super cool animals to watch they're very smart the terrain they live in is nasty they're just a pretty pretty deer they are small so they're not nearly as impressive as you know eastern whitetail mule deer but i just love hunting them and they're just super, they call them the gray ghost if you're not familiar with that so they're just they're super fun they hold like quail it's funny to watch them when you're glassing far away people will walk by you'll see some hunters trouncing through an area they'll just bed down under a bush watch people walk by and then, whereas mule deer, we kind of always see them just blow out and kind of stare at you. Coos deer don't give you many opportunities to just sit back and look at you. So they're just a neat animal, but we do have some very big mule deer in Arizona as well. Mm, yeah, that's really exciting. I didn't know they uh, acted like quail a little bit, but I could see that because those things just, I mean, I've seen a few in Arizona and barely saw them, you know. That's with a big spotting scope too. So the mule deer, they range kind of across the state. Is there like a cutoff to where you've gone too far south or you pretty much top to bottom? They're always, they're top to bottom. And it used to not be like that, I would say, as much as the coos deer, but the coos deer have, their range has expanded. We're seeing actually, I could be wrong, but from what I've read is that we're actually seeing coos deer starting to thrive a lot more statewide and, and our mule deer numbers are down actually unfortunately roger that we'll keep that in mind listeners that could be a good opportunity and with the quota is it something that you have to check while you're hunting or is just a certain number of tags are set aside i believe just like our our bear harvest quota so each unit has a determined number of deer that can be harvested from each unit but it actually starts the bummer thing is that it starts in august through january okay. so that unit can shut down to my knowledge in august before it ever has a chance to be hunted in january so they're implementing a mandatory harvest report so you basically once you shoot a deer you're going to have to report it i believe with an app 
And then once a certain number has been hit, that unit will shut down. I think I'm assuming they have to have a grace period of a couple of days like they do with Bear here in Arizona. Right. And then they will shut down that unit. So I, I don't know. I think what's going to happen is, is units are going to get hard and then they're going to shut down and people are going to fill into the next unit and that unit's going to get hammered and then they'll go to the next unit. So I don't, January will be interesting to see how many units are actually open this year. Yeah, you'll have to have some some plans set aside if you're really serious about it. All right, last but not least, man, I want to talk about the materials that you have handpicked and the process that it goes through and the turnaround time. We sell it, we manufacture everything 100% in the US. Uh, we do not have 100% of our materials sewn or manufactured in the US. It is very hard to do that and have every single fiber down made in the u.s my stance on this has always been we will always make everything in the u.s and i want the highest quality materials that we can put into our products that we can get so that is our, our first and most important thing i if i can get it from the u.s i will buy it from the u.s there are certain fabrics that i have searched and searched and we are still searching for u.s made fabrics and we have not been able to find those that meet our quality standards. So one of them, you know, for instance, would just be like our soft lining. I looked everywhere to find one domestically and we still are. And I'm getting samples this week for more um, in the U.S. But those come from, I believe, Vietnam. And so we we always try to find the highest quality stuff first and then get it from the U.S. if we can. But unfortunately, there's some gaps in, our, in the U.S. manufacturing world that have all been pushed overseas that are slowly coming back, which is great. We're seeing a big shift, but not everything can be sourced in the U.S. So we're about 90 to 95% sourced in the U.S. And then magnets, they come from overseas. And anybody who tells you they get their magnets domestically is lying to you. And so that's just the nature of the beast. Um, and we use a lot of magnets in our binocular packs. But everything else we source from the U.S. if we can. And that's about 90 to 95 percent of our materials we get from the U.S. Our buckles, um, fabrics, and then we 100 percent sew it in the U.S., which we're very proud of and always will make. There, lead times have been a nightmare since COVID. Um, everybody uses that COVID excuse to, I don't, we'll call it excuse or not, but push lead times back. So material costs have gone up, lead times have extended, and so it's it's been rough the last two years buying raw materials and fabric, but. Um, we just try to buy as much as we can and plan as best as we can. Okay, that makes sense. Um, marsupialgear.com, at marsupialgear. This is Jim Graham. You, September's coming. My world yes. revolves around it. Separations in the preparation. On that vein, what is something that you are personally working on as it pertains to that coming up with the fall in mind? products that we have launching um, a big launch which doesn't overlap to the, the elk hunting side of things well we have I guess we have two the biggest thing that I would say that you'd probably be interested that your listeners would be interested in is we are coming out with some soft quote-unquote soft bow cases and rifle cases talk to me so I bought a new bow last year I went to go buy a new bow case and I was utterly blown away at how in my opinion bad the soft cases were the options that I were given at the archery shop to buy some soft cases that to me, the padding was terrible. The zipper broke the first time I used it. You know, you'd spend what? You'd spend up towards $1,500 easily on today's bows on the market, top high-end bows. And I, I bought a $60 case that was made in China and I broke the zipper when I brought it back and there was like no padding in it. And so I was just like, this is insane. So then I went down this rabbit hole of what, well, I wanna buy a good case. And then, you know, there's a couple options on there and you meet mixed reviews. And so we were like, let's make one, let's see what it takes. So, and the same thing happens with rifles. And so 
We knocked out our rifle prototypes first because those were a little bit smaller. Um, so we have those gun cases that'll be coming out. Um, I'm hoping for end of July, early August. And we are one prototype deep into our soft bow case. We're gonna have two different styles. One will be like a taco style bow case, which we're all probably familiar with um, and have a couple different attachments on the outside for accessories. And then we're going to make a, I'm trying to think how to describe it, like a recessed bow case where it actually will have a foam lip that will go around the entire perimeter of the bow case. You'll be able to set your bow in there, Velcro it in, um, and that will have more organization built into that one. I think we're gonna call that one our deluxe deluxe bow case. And so what we're doing is we're using a, a unique style of foam that's very rigid and, and dense. So it gives it structure. And then we're using another layer of softer foam that gives softer padding with a really durable fleece or soft liner on the inside to protect your bow. Um, so it's kind of a hybrid between it's not the soft floppy case, but it's actually somewhat dense, rigid, and will take a blow, but still be slim as a soft case is, or sometimes, you know, obviously a Plano Pelican case is going to be your best case scenario for protection, but there's a lot of time where there's no room for those. Um, and so we want to build a durable bow case that's a soft case that you can feel confident throwing your expensive bow in there and protecting it. Yeah, so my feedback is I have a Pelican, I have a SKB, I have maybe two SKBs. The They're great for traveling on an airplane, but if I were to throw my bow on my four-wheeler or in the back of a side-by-side -side or even the back of my truck to head to the range... It's too much work. I know that sounds weird, but it's just, it's too much. It's just too, it's not fast and streamlined, but a soft case goes right in. If I zip it up and it, the zippers don't break, that's a win. Plus keeping it protected. I, I feel like there's a lot of uses and basically I don't own a soft case. Like they've all been, I've had many and they're all in the garbage. Right. And that's kind of where I, I'm in the same boat. And the more we talk to people, a lot of people are in the same boat. And so these are probably just from Instagram making a post, our most, our highest engagement items that we've ever teased or shown that we're working on has been these soft cases. And so I think there's a big gap in the market. Um, there's a lot of cheap stuff with inferior components, in my opinion, on the market, but we're overbuilding it. We're going to use very compliant 1000D nylon Cordura for the exterior, which is overkill but why not we're using this high-end foam that we're not you know there's a lot of cheap foams where you pinch it and you can almost hear like the bubble it's like that bubble foam where it's popping and, and compressing and never bounces back so we're using dense high quality american-made foam um, we're using ykk number 10 zippers which are big beefy zippers mm -hmm. they're not going to break on you we're just using really high quality components and just trying to make a simple product built really well so offer a lifetime warranty on it like we do with all of our products so it's not going to be something that breaks on you and you know throw it away and buy a new one every season this is going to be something you're going to buy and have for years and years and years and if, you know what if you abuse it to the point that you break it i will be ecstatic to have it repair it and send it back to you mm, that's huge and i'm assuming i'm hoping i don't have to take my sight off i don't have to take my quiver off yep that's that's our goal huge well, Jim, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Congratulations on basically making it happen and betting on yourself. Guys, if you're interested in checking out Marsupial Gear, I stand behind them. Been running it for over a year. Super stoked. And I can't wait to see this soft bow case, man. So keep us posted when that goes live. Thanks, Dan. We love working with you guys. You guys are awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. We're, we're happy to hear. Be alongside with you. Awesome, guys. Separations in the preparation. 
We'll catch you on the next one. I oh, hope you guys dug that. Jim, your story is inspiring, and you are handcrafting the best chest rig vinyl harnesses on the planet. I'm so stoked. We got Tim running them. We got Jake running them. I'm running them. And uh, if you guys are, like, literally in the market, check them out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. We appreciate all your guys' support. Shout out to NUMA, Vortex Optics, Onyx Hunt, Buck Knives, Matthews Archery, MagView, Wilderness Athlete, which, by the way, the discount code is ElkShape22, which gets you 30% off your first purchase. Spy Point coming out with their brand new dual SIM trail camera at the end of the month. Kufaru International, we just did a video on the Hoodlum and a bunch of other packs. If you're in the market, check that out. It's kind of a total review. Crispy, which we just got the new Colorado 2s ordered yesterday. I can't wait for those to get here. Uh, Tim's going to be running the new Brickstall Pros. I'm going to be running the Colorado 2s as well and the Laponia 2.0. Vacu e-bikes, get yourself a scooter like I do so uh, you can shoot 100-yard bombs in your backyard and then use the scooter to go down and get your groups. You'll get more groups in and then we take those uh, little mini badgers. Took them last night to go play pickleball and those things get used a lot. Uh, you can also check out their e-bikes for elk hunting purposes. Black Rifle Coffee Company, discount code ElkShape, 15% off. Black Ovis, discount code ElkShape, 10% off. Sheep Feet, discount code ElkShape, 10% off. Check out the ElkCollective.com for your last minute study sessions on elk hunting tactics. Appreciate you guys' support. You got a lot of options out there. Thanks for choosing us. Separations in the preparation. Catch you on the next one.